Good day and welcome once again to our Bible study. We're going to continue on today in the Gospel of John in chapter 8. Today we'll be covering verses 30 through 47. And the title of today's lesson is that Jesus speaks about God's true children. In last week's lesson, if you remember, we learned that Jesus, or we, we had seen where Jesus was speaking to the crowds, but, but particularly to the religious leaders, just as always, right? And, and he was telling them that, that he's, he's going to be going away. And, and he tells them that they're going to look for him. Now, if you remember, we had studied that a couple of months ago. But Jesus is coming back to this again, and he's telling them the same thing, that I'm going away, that you're going to search for me, but you, you won't be able to find me. And, and, and not only that, he adds something to it. He says, you're going to die in your sins, right? You see, Jesus, again, he, he's letting them know that, that he is the Messiah. He's letting them know that he is the only way to the Father, and the only way to the Father is through him, but you have to accept him, right? But the, you see, they refuse to accept him. They refuse to accept the truth. They deny the truth. They, they don't want to do the Father's will. They want to do their own will. And, and because of that, Jesus is telling them, you, you're going to die in your sins, meaning they're going to hell. Remember, in, in, in one verse, Jesus pretty much tells them, I'm going to the Father because I am of heaven, but you of this earth, right? He's saying you of this world. And unless you change, then you're going to stay of this world. Meaning hell once again, right? Because who's the father of this earth? It's Satan. Jesus says that, right? So Jesus says, unless you follow me, unless you accept me, unless you believe in me and accept me because I am the truth, I am the bread of life, right? He says, you will not come. You're going to seek for me, but you can't find me because you're going to die in your sins. So what we're going to see today is that Jesus is going to continue to speak. But, but today, he's going to focus on who really are God's true children. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 8, starting in verse 31. And verse 31 starts off like this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son gets set free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. And I am telling you that I have seen in the Father's presence and know you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they said. If you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I have heard from God. 
Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they said. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come of my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. And holding on and holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe in me. Can you prove me guilty of one sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. And the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So let's go back up to verse 31. And Jesus is speaking here, right? So he turns to the crowds. Now he's addressing more of the crowds. Now he's still addressing the religious leaders, but he turns towards the Jews, the crowds. Now they had Gentiles in there, but Jews meaning religious leaders and the Jews that were in the crowds. He says, who believed in him, the, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, right? So Jesus here is really talking about a true disciple, one who, who truly commits to him, one who truly trusts in him, one who truly believes in him. In other words, one who remains in his word. They believe and they follow the truth because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the word. Amen. Verse 32. Then you will know the truth, Jesus says, and the truth shall set you free. Now, some of your Bibles might say, may save you, right? So let's break this down what Jesus is telling him here in this verse, in verse 32. Then you will know the truth. He says, if you truly commit to me, <clears throat> then he's saying you're going to have revelation, right? In other words, when you truly understand the truth, when you truly understand him, if you truly understand the word of God, the Bible, then the outcome of that is going to be that you will have illumination, right? Because the spirit is alive and well in you, you see? See, God will give you revelation. And through this revelation of truth, you're going to be in a position to exercise your faith, amen? So what Jesus is saying here is that if you truly believe, if you truly commit to me, if you commit to the word of God, then, then because of that, he's saying, you're going to be saved because I'm going to be in you and I'm going to set you free. That's why some of your Bibles might say, I will save you. And the truth will set you free, save you. So what he's saying is, if you truly commit to him, if you truly commit to his word, then you're going to be saved. Now, being saved, what this does, it brings us liberty. Amen. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this. According to Jewish culture, the sages of old, right? They, they speak about the spiritual condition of Israel and, and how the Israelites came out of Egypt, came out of bondage. Now, the concept of redemption is exactly what the exodus from Egypt speaks about. 
And the, stage, the sages of Israel, the old sages, call this the first redemption, right? Now, when I talk about sages, what am I talking about? Who are sages, you may ask, right? Sages are referring to the great rabbis from previous generations of old. See, these sages were not normal, everyday rabbis. They were the rabbis who truly understood the oral law and the written traditions. Remember, I'm going back to Judaism. Judaism is based on traditions being passed down from generation to generation to generation. Sort of just like our everyday religion today, right? In other words, their traditions, had they, they had pure tradition. And, and these sages could see things about Judaism that, that others could not see. So in the Exodus from Egypt, what the sages are referring to here as the first redemption. According to these sages in the Jewish culture, the Israelites came out to worship God, right? Now, if you remember from our previous studies, God tells Moses, he says, Moses, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He says, Moses, you and the people are to go worship on this mountain, right? And, and what is this mountain that he's speaking about, right? The mountain that he was speaking about, we know it as sort of like where the burning bush happened, right? It's Mount Horat or Mount Sinai as we know it today, right? And, and what did the people receive at Mount Sinai, if you remember? Well, we have to go back all the way back to the, to, to the Old Testament. They received the laws of God. So what I want you to see here is this. This liberty that, that we spoke of in this scripture, right? Or freedom, you can say. We have to receive the commandments of God and we have to apply it to our lives. Amen. And you might ask why? Because God demands it. God wants us to do that, right? You see, we are called to respond. We are called to follow the commandments of God. And when we do this, you know what we're doing? We can exemplify faithfulness towards God through his son, Jesus Christ, right? And exemplifying this faithfulness is seen in the word of God itself. And, and, and when you look at the Word of God, either the Old Testament or the New Testament, it really doesn't matter. But what you find is imperatives. Now, what do I mean by imperatives? This means commands. And you find out in, in the New Testament that we are commanded what to do and what not to do, according to Jesus, right? So, so when this passage mentions liberty, it's, it's not liberty to do what we want to do on our own. In other words, we can't do our own will. That's what I'm trying to say. Because if we do our own will, what's going to happen? We're going to fail. We're going to meet destruction. Because we're walking in the flesh, you see. And we know from last week's lesson what Jesus says. That if you continue walking in the flesh, you're going to die in your sins. So, so having liberty means I am free to do the Father's will. I am free to walk in obedience to Him. But through his son, Jesus Christ, amen. So we can say that liberty means living a life that is obedient, living a life that is not only obedient, but walking with God through the Holy Spirit. Verse 33, but they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now, the leadership is speaking here, right? And what they say, they say, you speak about setting us free, right? 
But, but you see, we've never been servants to anyone. That's what they're saying. Now, here's a problem with this, right? Once again, they're thinking in the physical. But once again, that's not the whole truth what they say. They're misguided, right? Because if you remember, who's ruling over Israel right now? <laughs> it's the Romans. It's the Roman Empire. So they're under slavery, right? But they're thinking in the physical. But remember, when Jesus speaks, Jesus never speaks from a physical realm. Jesus always speaks from a spiritual realm. But here they're thinking physical. But even if they're thinking physical, they're not really telling the whole truth because they've been under bondage for several generations, generation after generation. So, so Israel at this time is in oppression. And, and they want freedom from the Roman government. They want liberty, you can say, right? Now, you have these religious leaders saying that they've never been in bondage to anyone. Well, what about Egypt? The exodus of Egypt, they're in bondage, right? And, and what about the time frame when the judges even ruled over Israel? So actually, if you know your Bible, you see that there are many, many times that Israel, right, or the Jewish people, right, the Israelites, have been in bondage. But you see... Again, they're being misled. They're, they're, they're misleading. And not only doing that, they're thinking physical bondage here. But Jesus is speaking, remember, from a spiritual realm. So Jesus is speaking of a spiritual bondage, and Jesus is speaking of the spiritual bondage of sin. But again, they don't get it. They don't understand them because they deny truth. Then Jesus replied in verse 34, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, he makes it very clear here what he's talking about. He is talking about sin. He says, everyone who sins stays in their sin. So because you stay in your sin, then you are a slave of sin. And Jesus is telling him here that if you stay in your sin, you will die in your sin. That's why it's very important. See, Jesus is talking directly here to the Pharisees and the Jews, right? And again, they had Gentiles mixed in there, but the, the Bible specifically says the Jews, because when he calls out the Jews or the Judeans, it's speaking about the religious leaders. So Jesus is really talking right here. See, he's talking to the crowds, but he's telling the religious leaders, because he's again, he's having a conversation with the religious leaders. You're going to see in a second. And, and, and he says, if you stay in your sin, you're going to die. He's, he, he's saying you're going to go to hell. That's what he's telling them. See, Jesus speaks more about hell than he does about the kingdom of God. And this is just one example here. And we've seen last week several examples about this. But he's telling us also here that if we don't repent and if we don't walk in the Spirit, that we too will die in our sin. And remember, the kingdom of heaven, which eventually is going to be the kingdom of God, there's no sin in that kingdom. That's why we must confess. That's why we must repent. We must continue to walk in the Spirit day after day and throughout the day ask for forgiveness and repent because we're all sinners. You see, what we're all sinners because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. We we're born in the bondage. We are a slave to sin or we're a slave of sin, however you want to put it, right? And we need to, we need to all be set free from this, right? This is the reason that Jesus was sent here to earth from heaven. 
It's to be that sacrificial lamb. Remember John the Baptist at the River Jordan, right? He's baptizing people and he looks up and he sees Yeshua coming. He sees Jesus coming. And what he says, he says, behold, the lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, right? He's the lamb. And because of that torture and the pain that he suffered at Calvary, we can now be set free. The work is done. That's why Jesus said it is finished. We just need to receive him into our hearts. We need to receive him into our life. We need to be willing to walk in the spirit, repent of sins, and have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Some of your Bibles might say house. But a son belongs to it forever. Now, when the word here forever, it speaks about the kingdom. That's what that means. So he is saying, because you are a slave of sin, that you can't remain in the family. You can't remain in my house. He's speaking about the kingdom. Now, we know that house, right here, biblically speaking, relates to temple, right? And we know that the religious leaders spent a great deal of time in the temple, so he's saying right here, you may be in your house now, meaning the temple, but you will not remain there forever. Because Jesus says, you need to become sons. In order to be in my family, in order to be in my house, he's talking about the kingdom, right? Forever, kingdom. Now remember this term forever. Like I said, it's related to what? Kingdom. So he's emphasizing in this passage over and over, that you need to have a kingdom perspective. And what he's saying here to religious leaders is that you have no hope for a future kingdom. That's what he's telling them, right? You may think because you stay in this temple, meaning the temple in Jerusalem at that time, right? That you're in the house of God and you have a connection to him. But Jesus is saying that's not the case. Not at all. You, you are nothing more than a servant, right? And you have no connection to God. That's what Jesus is telling them. However... He says, if, if you accept me, see, through him, by committing, by believing, by trusting, you can enter into that kingdom. You're going to be welcome into his family, the family of God, right? He's saying, if you trust in me, you commit to me, if you believe in me, then I'm going to welcome you into my kingdom. But he says right now to these religious leaders, you have no hope right now because you reject the truth. Because you reject me. And I'm the one that gives life. I'm the one that decides who goes into that kingdom and who doesn't, right? Because remember, God gives all power to who? His son, Jesus Christ. Verse 36. So if the son sets you free, you will be free. So he's telling them again. I'm his son. I was sent by God the Father. He says that over and over. He's been telling them that. Here he says it again. The Son will set you free. He says, if you commit to me, if you believe in me, if you repent, you're going to be saved. That's why it's important that we commit ourselves to Jesus. We commit ourselves to God through His Son, Jesus. We walk in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We repent of our sins, right? We continue to try to live a righteous and holy life. Now, we're all sinners. We're all going to sin. But when you're walking in the Spirit, that, that Spirit convicts you and right away you repent. And you, you, you walk away, you change your ways, you, you try not to go back in that direction, down that road, because you know that leads to destruction. 
verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. Now right here, he's talking to them in a, in a fleshly way. He's saying, I know. I know what you mean when you come from the seed of Abraham, right? I know you his descendants, right? But by birth, you are, you are from that ancestry tree, right? Meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I get it, right? In other words, you Jew. But look what Jesus says right here. He says, there's, there's no way because just because you are Jew, that doesn't mean there's no promise that you will enter into the kingdom of God. Basically, he's saying, because you think in the physical and because you think that because you are a seed of Abraham, that, that, that you're going to get into the kingdom. Jesus is saying, uh, uh, he's saying, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, right? Because you have no room for my word. He is saying, because you reject the truth, because you reject me, you walk in the flesh, right? Then really you're not from the seed of Abraham. Now, what do I mean? He said, Coach, you just told me that he was from the seed of Abraham. Physically, he is. But Jesus, once again, when he speaks, he's speaking what? Spiritually. He's telling him here, I know in the flesh you are a seed. But yet you don't act like Abraham. Because Abraham is known as the father of faith. Jesus is speaking right here to them, saying that you need to have the seed of Abraham, meaning you need to believe like Abraham believed. Amen. That's what Jesus is saying. You need to exercise your faith just like your father Abraham exercised his faith. Why? Because he believed in the truth and he obeyed the truth. Verse 38. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence and you are not doing what you have heard from your father. So he's making a dichotomy here, right? He's saying, I belong to my father. Now he's speaking about God here, Jesus says, right? But he also says this to the Pharisees. He says, but you belong to your father and that is a different father. He's speaking about Satan. So he's showing us something that's very, very important. And it's very important to us as well. He's telling them right here, he's saying that you only have one spiritual father. You only have one kingdom father. That's what he's saying, right? The one who is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, right? That's God, the Father. And the only way to get to God, the Father, is through him. Or he's telling the Pharisees, you have the father of this world, which is Satan. You see, you either belong to one of these kingdoms, people. There's no in-between. You either belong to the kingdom of God or you belong to the kingdom of this world. And if you belong to the kingdom of this world, that leads to hell. And that is, the king of this world is Satan himself. And if you continue to walk with the world, if you continue to believe what the world believes, right? Then you are following Satan and you are being deceived. You are being lied to, right? Because you see, if you really are a true Christian and you're walking in the spirit, the things of this world, you should not follow. If it's biblically wrong, you need to call it out as biblically wrong. But you know what a lot of us do? We don't do that, right? Because uh, we can't go against what the world says because I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be condemned. Wait, what did Jesus say? If you're going to be a follower of me, you, you're going to be condemned. You're going to be persecuted. Amen. 
What did Jesus say? Jesus said, the world hated me, they're going to hate you. Because you speak the truth. Because you follow the truth. What about you today? Are you following the truth? Or you just say that you're a Christian? Huh? Are you just, are you just, you just want people to know that you're a Christian on Sundays or Saturdays, right? But during the week, I'm going to go with the rest of the world. I won't buck with the rest of the world, right? This wokeism that's going on, right? This genderism that's going on, right? In elementary school, talking to elementary kids and trying to convert boys to girls and girls to boys, right? Oh, I can't go against that. I can't publicly speak out on that, right? Because the world's going to hate that, and I don't want the world to hate me. Then you, you really don't love Jesus. You really love the world. And I'm going to tell you this. The world's not going to save you. Jesus is going to be the only one that's going to save you. See, some of us so-called Christians better wake up. We better start preaching the truth. We better start following the truth. We better start standing up for the truth. Verse 39. Abraham is our father, their answer. If you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. They say Abraham is our father. Now, what's the problem here, right? See, he, he has tried over and over and over to communicate with these religious leaders what the problem is. And the problem is that they're always thinking fleshly. They're always thinking in the world of this earth, right? And they say, we are the, the physical descendants of Abraham, right? But when Yeshua speaks about his father, and when Yeshua says about their father, he's not speaking about any physical being. He's not speaking of a physical father in the sense of flesh and blood. He's speaking from a spiritual dimension. You either have one. You have one spiritual father, people. That's what Jesus is trying to tell them. You have God or you have Satan. And which one are you following today? See, he continues on. If you are Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. Now, what is Jesus meaning here? Exercising faith, walking in faith, having faith. Abraham was the father of faith. Man, he knew. He trusted God. Abraham had everything during his time. Probably the richest man on the world at the time. But what did he do? He left everything and he followed God. He obeyed God. He trusted God. He is known as the father of faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is responding to the revelation of God. It's responding to the truth. But you see, these religious leaders are not doing that. And that's what Jesus is calling them out on. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I have heard from God, Abraham did not do such things. So he is saying, if you are a seed of Abraham, then you would do and you would act like Abraham did. In other words, you would trust, you would obey, you would follow, you would exercise faith. See, faith is the truth of God. And Jesus here has been speaking the truth to these people, but they're not receiving him, right? They're rejecting him. They're not exercising their faith. They're not, they're not walking in faith. So what he says is, you are not of the seed of Abraham. You are not descendants of Abraham, spiritually speaking. That's what he's saying. Verse 41, you are doing the works of your own father. So Jesus here is saying that you are following this world. And this world is led by Satan. So he's saying here that you are following Satan. 
Now remember, they're thinking in the physical. They're not thinking spiritually, right? So, so the message to us when Jesus says that, right, that when we follow the flesh, that we are following Satan. So let me go back to what I just said earlier. When, when, when we reject to call out the truth of this world that goes against Bible prophecy, that goes against biblical sayings, that go against what Jesus and God taught in the Bible, when you refuse to stand up for that, then you are following the flesh. You are following the world. And when we follow the world, we're following Satan. We're being deceived. We're being lied to, right? Now, the question I have for you is how often do you follow the flesh? See, it should hit home. Because if you're walking in the flesh, if you're not totally surrendering to God, then you're not committing to Him. You're not totally in the Spirit. Because if you're totally in the Spirit, what's going on in the world today should bother you. In a sense, it should bother you. Let me, let me rephrase that, right? Because we know that our blessed hope is, is, is near. I'm talking about the rapture of the church. We know. I mean, if you understand the Bible, if you understand Bible prophecy, you see what's going on in the world, right? And you know we're in the end times. Amen? And, and, and we know what happens before all hell breaks out here on earth, before the wrath of God happens, the church will be raptured up, right? And actually, we should be looking forward to that, right? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you see how crooked our government is, right? How crooked the world is, the, the world stage itself. And, and our government is falling right into that. And it has to. Because this country has to be weakened. This country has to fall in order for that Antichrist to rise up, right? In other words, the world needs to be in chaos. And we've seen it happening before our eyes today. But just the things happening here in the United States, right? With Pride Month and, uh, you know the genderism things going on, right? I mean, uh, how, how, how marriage how marriage is accepted with male and male and female and female, right? I mean, that's totally against the Bible, totally against the Word of God, right? But yet the world accepts it, right? The world accepts it. And I'm not judging. <clears throat> See, our job as pastors, our job as leaders, our jobs as teachers is to do what? It's to warn people. It's to try to save people. There's only one judge. But when it's clear and plain, uh, out, out in the open, just plain as day, right, that it is going against the Word of God, and you call yourself a Christian, or you call yourself a teacher of the Word, or you call yourself a pastor, or a priest, or a minister, whatever, and you allow that, and you don't speak up for truth, then you're really part of the flesh. See what I'm saying? You're really not of the Spirit. Because if you're of the Spirit, it, 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 it irks at you. It's not acceptable. Right? I mean, Jesus went around and spoke in the truth. And Jesus says, if you're a disciple of me, then you also need to speak the truth. Because we see, when we become born again, we are to take on the character of Jesus. We are to take on the attributes of Jesus. And we are to stand up for truth. We're to speak truth. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. It's going to continue to get worse. It's not getting better. See, all the problems in the world is happening today. It's not getting better. 
So when you think or someone tells you that if so-and-so gets elected president, it's getting better, it's not getting better, people. This world will become more evil, more wicked, more dark. Year by year, you can say week by week, month by month, year by year. And it's, it's fixing to get dark because it has to be. It's God's way. It's God's plan, right? So let's get back to the scripture here, right? <clears throat> so Jesus tells them, if God were your father, then you would love me, right? What Jesus is saying here is, is, is great revelation, right? He's saying if someone truly belongs to the Father, right? They truly belong to God. In other words, they're, they're following the revelation of God, right? They're basing their life on the Word of God, on the truth of God. Then they, he's saying if you do that, then you exercise faith. He's saying, you see, if you do this, then you, you're exercising the same faith as Abraham. That's what he's saying, right? And if this happens, right? If this is the case, then what happens, you might ask? then you're going to love Jesus. You're going to love Yeshua. This is a law. It's a fact, right? You see, if you know the truth of God, then the truth will bring us to Jesus. The truth will bring us to Yeshua. And, and, and we're going to be committed to Him. For I have, come from, I have come here from God, Jesus says. I have not come on my own. God sent me. So Jesus once again is telling them, I was sent here by the Father. I was sent here by God the Father. And, and, and he's telling them, he's trying to tell them that you need to follow me. You, 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 need, I, you need to follow me because I am the way. He's saying because the, I belong to the Father, and if you follow me, then you also belong to the Father. That's what he's trying to tell them. Verse 43, Jesus says, Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. So he's, saying, he's trying to reason with these Pharisees, these religious leaders. He's saying, why aren't you listening to me, right? He's saying, you keep denying the truth. Now, why is this? Well, look at verse 44. Jesus tells them why. Jesus says, I know why you, you're not listening to me. I know why you're not committing to me. I know why you're not believing and trusting me. Look what he says in verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil. So remember, Jesus says this in an earlier passage. You either belong to one or the other. One of two sources, right? One of two spirits that's going to get you. The Holy Spirit or what? Satan himself, the world. You are of the world or you are of what? Heaven. You are of the flesh if you are of the world. And the world is controlled by Satan, devil. And Jesus just says it right here. I know why. He says because you follow Satan. You are of this world. And if you are of this world, then you are of the devil. And look what else he says. And you want to carry out your father's desires. So he's saying, Satan controls the flesh, right? And because Satan controls the flesh, and because you are of this world, you are of this earth, Satan is controlling you. Now let's talk about Satan a little bit, right? Satan was created by God, right? He, he, he was a beautiful angel, right? For the purpose, purpose of, of, of leading worship in heaven, right? But you see, that wasn't good enough for Satan. Because you see, he wanted to be above God, right? He wanted to be praised. He wanted to be glorified. He wanted to be in control. 
So what's the message? The message is this for us, right? When you and I, right? When we want to be in control of our life, right? In other words, when we want to make our own decisions, when we want to be praised, right? When we want to be glorified, when we brag on ourselves, right? When we want all the attention, right? Then we have been deceived, people. And when we do all these things, we are instruments of the unrighteousness. And we start to fall into the trap of Satan of serving him. That's what this means to us today, right? If you don't want to do the Father's will, if you want to do your own thing, what happens? Disaster. But you never change. And you keep failing, one failure after another, after another. Well, you, I wonder why. Because God's not in control. See what I'm saying? And when you want all the attention on you, right? When you want all the glory, when you want all the power, right? Then you're being deceived. And you're, you're, you're on that road to serving Satan. Look what he says, Jesus. Continuing on in the verse. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth. But there is no truth in him. Let's go. Let's break this verse down. Jesus says he was a murderer from the beginning. Now, understand the context what Jesus is saying here, right? This word murderer. Let's focus on this. There's a connection between murder and you can say the word hate. In a sense, right? Because we know that these two words are opposite of love. Think about that, right? I mean this right here. You don't murder someone because you love them, right? You, you murder someone because you don't love them, right? Maybe you hate them or whatever. And that's from Satan now. That's from Satan. So when he uses this term murderer, what we need to see from the position of the Jewish culture, from Judaism, you can say, right? A murderer is someone who exemplifies the exact opposite of the Torah. Now, what does the Torah teach? The Torah teaches the law. Now, I want you to understand, we're not saved by the law. we saved by the grace of God through the faith in the Son, Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches, right? Because actually, if you look today, there's no temple in Jerusalem, right? So really, under the law, right now, there's probably over, what, 200-something commandments that are impossible to be fulfilled, to be done, right? So, so the law, you can say, has to be a unit, right? Because without a temple, you can't, you, can't do, you can't follow those laws that are in place according to Judaism today because of the absence of a temple, right? Now, we're not under the law. But if you think this means that the Word of God, right, those commandments that they don't have any relevance whatsoever, it's not important, you can say, right? Then you've been deceived. Because when we look at the commandments of God, we see God's expectations of humanity. And Jesus explains this, right? Jesus, he's speaking and he gives us a great example, right? When someone asks him, right, what is the greatest commandment? 
in the Gospels. But Jesus tells them. Jesus says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when you look at those two commandments that Jesus spoke about, right? We find the law is wrapped up in these two commandments. And what do I mean? Because those two commandments begin with the word what? Love. Love the, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus says, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, when we, when we hear the Torah, right, or the law of God, right, the chief characteristics of that law is the word love. So when he says Satan is a murderer from the beginning, what he's saying is this, right? And the Apostle Paul says it perfect. The Apostle Paul says that Satan is a man of what? Lawlessness. In other words, Apostle Paul is saying that he goes against the Torah. He's not love, right? And as believers, we should be following, right? We should be an example of the Torah in our behavior. See, when we're walking in the Holy Spirit, I guess this is what I'm trying to tell you. We, we, we never feel the desires of the flesh, right? Because if, you, if you're in the Spirit, you, you are of love, right? And you're of truth. So what happens? You don't hate. You're not jealous, right? You're not prideful. You don't want to do your own will. You don't want to take the glory. You're not going to brag on yourself. See, all those things that we just spoke of earlier, right? Jesus was trying to tell them, this is all of Satan. And Satan, he never he's the opposite of what the Torah, of what I stand for. So when we walk in the Spirit, we're walking in love, right? And this is exactly what Jesus is trying to teach here, right? And we're going to find later on that the Apostle Paul teaches the same things in the epistles. Look what Jesus says. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. So Jesus, again, is saying Satan's a liar. He's saying Satan is a deceiver, right? When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So once again, we see Jesus telling him that Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. See, this verse should teach us something, right? This verse should, should teach us never to speak of ourselves. Think about that. Because when we speak of ourselves, we're glorifying ourselves, right? We're speaking of our own glory. Think about it. Man, and when we do this, we, we're inviting the devil into our life. See, when we serve ourselves, we're actually serving Satan. Well, we aren't basing our lives on the Word of God, on the truth, on Scripture. Then people, what we're doing, we're speaking falsehood is what we're doing, right? And when we speak falsehood, we're inviting the enemy and his demons into our lives. Now, I want, I want to tell you something. As a believer, you can't be possessed by the devil. You can't as a believer. You can't be possessed. As a true believer, you can't. But you can be oppressed by him. That's the difference. So we must walk in truth. We must believe. We must walk in love. That's what Jesus is saying here, right? But in order to know that, you need to know him. You need to have a relationship with him. You need to seek him. See, Jesus not never going to force himself on you, people. You're created in the image of God. Which means the Holy Spirit is in you right now. All you need to do is activate it. 
and you need you, you need you need to commit. For some of us, we we have commit. Right? You you neither hot nor cold. Right? In other words, hot or cold means you're on fire for 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 God, and or or or, or you just cold towards Him. Right? You lukewarm, in other words. But I'm gonna tell you this: you better change that lukewarm because there's nothing more that Jesus hates than lukewarm Christians. Amen. Lukewarm followers. Amen. Lukewarm disciples. Amen. Because we know what he tells us in the book of Revelation. I'll spit you out. If you lukewarm and you never change and you get judged, your day of judgment comes and you still lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. Which means there's not a place for you in the kingdom of God. So you need to change that. You're either of the spirit totally or you're not. It's that simple. That's why Jesus says there's two roads. There's a broad and a narrow. Think about that. Many, many people be on that broad, he said, but very few be on that narrow, right? He says, a lot of people that say, oh, I'm good. Well, first off, you're not good because you're a sinner. That's first thing. So that's a lie right off the bat, right? There's a lot of people that say, I go to church every day or I go to church every weekend. I don't miss church, right? Well, that's good. You go to church, boy. You do outside of church. You live like the rest of the world, then you lukewarm. And what did Jesus say about lukewarm? He's going to spit you out. That's why Jesus says what he said. There's a lot, a lot of people going to be on that broad road that leads to that wide open gate that leads to destruction. He's speaking about hell. But very few be on that narrow road that leads to that narrow gate that leads to eternal life. Amen. Verse 45. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Now why is this? Because they want to do their own will. They want to do their own thing. They don't want to follow God, right? They think they want to follow God. But they want power. They want authority. They want control, right? Are you a person that loves power, that loves to be in control, right? They can't be a servant maybe, right? Then you're following the world. See, when this happens, then God's silent in your life, people. If you're a person that's that wants authority all the time, that needs to be in control all the time, that 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 wants the glory, that wants to be glorified, that wants to be noticed, right? That wants to see how many likes you have on social media and all that stuff, right? Because that's, that's praising you, right? Then God's going to be silent in your life because you're deceived. And this is what happens to some people, right? And God's silent in their lives, right? Because they want to do their own thing. They want to do it their own way. They don't want to submit. They don't want, they deny the truth, you could say in a sense, right? And when this happens, God's not going to move on your behalf. Because you're trying, you're saying, I don't need God. I want to be glorified and not Him. See, if you're successful in something, that's not you. God's working through you. All praise and honor goes to, to God the Father through His Son, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, huh? But you see, we don't do that as humans. Look what I did, right? I get all the glory, right? That's the wrong path to be on, people. You better be on that narrow road that leads to the narrow gate. I'm just letting you know. That's not, that's not me. That's Jesus speaking. Verse 46. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? So Jesus is telling, he's asking a question here, right? Simple. Has, has anyone, any one of you found me guilty of a sin, Right? If I'm telling the truth, he says, why don't you believe me? 
He's saying, you know, I've been teaching and preaching this whole time. That's what he's saying in a sense. And you can't find anything wrong with what I said. In other words, when Jesus taught, right, was what Jesus taught in conflict to what Moses taught in the prophets? And the answer is absolutely no. It's not. Never did. How do I know? How, how can I say that? Because they would have had him arrested. But they couldn't arrest him because he spoke the truth. And that's what Jesus is telling me. Have I not spoke the truth? But yet you still don't believe me. You're rejecting the truth still. 47. Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. And the reason you do not, be, you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So he's saying that if someone's from God, then you're going to hear the truth. You're going to obey. You're going to follow. You're going to believe. But he's saying right here, you haven't done this, right? Because you are of the flesh and you are not of God. You are of the flesh, so that means you are of Satan. That's what he's saying right here, right? It's very, very important. Jesus is teaching us right here a very, very important lesson to us that we need to constantly be in the Spirit. And that's, that's hard. But as you develop more of a relationship with Jesus, right, in prayer, that's why prayer is so important, right? The Spirit starts to manifest in you, right? You start to have illumination. You start to have revelation from God, right? And you start hunger more and more for the Word. You start hunger more and more for the truth. And the minute you sin, the Spirit pricks you. The Spirit convicts you in what you do. You repent. And you go back in prayer. And you go back and ask for forgiveness, right? And you go back into the Word of God, right? See, whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. That's what Jesus means. That you need to constantly get in the Word of God. You need to constantly seek the truth. You need to constantly be in prayer to the Father through the Holy Spirit, right? Because if you do that, then you belong to the family of God and you're going to be invited into His kingdom. Amen? And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on. We're going to have the last section of the Gospel of John next week. I think we'll be covering verses 48 through 58, I believe it is. Um, but we, you know, we, we really appreciate you all tuning in this week. Walk in the Spirit. Let that light illuminate through you, right? When someone looks at you, let them know that they're looking at the face of Jesus and lead them to Father God through His Son, Jesus. Amen? Until next week, we love you guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next week, God bless.